Welcome. Welcome to the Mental Health Boot Camp Podcast. The podcast where four psychotherapists, three of us from Canada, one of us from America, serve you cutting edge mental health knowledge. I am Dr. Ryan Howes, a psychologist from Pasadena, California. And I am Madame Bijou from, no, uh, so for those listeners uh, who are listening, not watching, we decided to wear costumes today. And I'm dressed up like Madame Bijou from the movie Titanic. Uh, but I am actually Dr. Brooke Lewis from Vancouver, Canada. <laughs> and I am Joanna Boyd, also from Vancouver, Canada, dressed as Minnie Mouse. And today we have the pleasure of a guest with us. We actually got ambushed, uh, Brooke, Ryan, and I. Usually Chris, my brother, is with us today. But now we have the pleasure of my dad. So my dad, Dennis, is a psychologist. And he uh, also lives in Vancouver. And he's been practicing for just about 44 years now. So we're happy to have you here, Pop. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Welcome. And you are the wizard, is that right? Are you Merlin himself? Yeah, that's what I am, in case you're wondering. I've got my wizard outfit on here. And keep it nearby in case I need it. And tonight's the night. That's great. I'm I'm some sort of uh, I think I'm going to say that I'm Columbo. Are you guys familiar with the, uh, the 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 old detective series Columbo? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Never watched it, but definitely have heard. And he had a, a great line of questioning. He would just say, "Well, no, I don't I don't know understand anything about this. So maybe you could explain to me something, right?" And he would uh, get people to talk that way just by acting dumb. It was great. So we are so thrilled to have you here, Dennis, and your wealth of knowledge uh, here on this special, special Halloween episode. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, we'll say that again? I think it's good to be here. I have to wait and hear what the ambush is. Yes. Yeah, the ambush is always a real surprise. We get, we're not sure if it's gonna be a trick or a treat, so. We uh, kind of got to wait for that, but uh, but everything going okay? Everything going okay for you guys this week? You guys uh, gearing up for the holiday? Well, it's hard here because uh, darn old COVID's uh, roaming around, so they're encouraging us to uh, to cut it back to just households. We were going to have uh, the privilege of having a few friends in, and they said, "Nah, just keep it to your house." So it's going to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and here we've been advised to do the same. Uh, trick or treating is really not as uh, frowned upon, and uh, not frowned. I think here in LA County, it's actually they've declared it a no go. Don't go trick or treating. But I I've heard some some rumors that people are still going to throw some parties. So mm. we'll see what happens there. That's tough. So um, Ryan. I don't know if we mentioned this last week, but my, my friend got COVID. Oh no. Yeah. So she's fine. Her, her it's uh, my friend, her husband, she has two kids. So my friend and her husband tested positive. The kids tested negative. They never had any symptoms, which is good. The kids are six and four, um, mild symptoms. So no, no smell, no taste, cough and fatigue. Um, she's coming out of it now, starting to feel better. He's still quite fatigued. But this is like, that's definitely the closest person 
Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's starting to surround me a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very uh, sobering. So she got it from her yoga studio. Oh gosh. That's too bad. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah. known anyone kind of more personally? I've, I've, I've known, I've had several clients actually who've had it. Um, a handful of my clients have had it. Um, and some some very close friends of mine also uh, have had it, and fortunately been you know been it was mild enough they didn't have to they weren't hospitalized or anything like that. But still, it's very scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very scary. Hmm. How do you feel about your upcoming election? Oh, oh, there's that there too. That's another another scary part of the next few days is our election. Um, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I, I've heard that. You know, tension is pretty high out there right now. Um, I, I have a friend in, in San Francisco and they're saying that his building is actually boarding up the uh, the bottom floor because it's kind of a, a common protest area. And they're yeah. just kind of gearing up and preparing for whatever the outcome that there may be a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, civil unrest at that point. So, so it's kind of tense down here, gotta say. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll be watching. Good. You'll be watching, and if, uh, if 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 a certain outcome occurs, you might have to watch your borders because there's gonna be a bunch of people flooding those borders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to get across. Please take me, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> there's only room for one family. Okay, and that's mine, right? Yeah, exactly. We'll give you a golden ticket. We'll get you up here. Bring me up. I would love that. Ah. Uh, well, okay. Okay, our esteemed panel of uh, costumed psychotherapists here. Maybe we should dive into our ambush for the night. I'm excited about this. Joanna, I think you're the one up tonight. Is that right? I am, yes. This is a topic uh, near and dear to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I probably give you some guesses as to what it might be, but you won't be surprised when this comes through. So here it comes, Ryan. Okay, get ready, everybody. I'm gearing up for the ambush. Um, I could read this ambush, but let's just hold it off until a little bit later. What do you say? No surprises there. (laughs) The topic is procrastination. What are your thoughts on it? How do we procrastinate? And how would you help someone overcome it? Procrastination. So why do we procrastinate and how do we overcome it? Yes. Yeah, why do we procrastinate and how do we overcome it? There we go. So, so why is this something that's near and dear to you, Joe? <laughs> uh, it's funny. I was earlier today, I was like, huh, I wonder what we should do. And then uh, I just, yeah, I just thought of it. And then I just like, that's it. Um, I'm probably, as the people close to me know, um, I'm a big procrastinator. I've always been a big procrastinator. My dad would know this very well. Uh, stemming back to high school days, it plagued me through, yeah, all my schooling. And even now, everyday life, I'm, it's something I really struggle with. So this is actually a topic that will help me personally, because I'd love some thoughts on it. And it also is something that I hear so many clients deal with. It just seems you hear it from so many. I procrastinate, I procrastinate whether teenagers or there's some, it's mostly teens, I feel, um, some adults as well. So I just want to jump in and get some thoughts and 
Yeah. I are you so. are you asking us to help you with your procrastination or uh, this? I'm hoping to benefit from this. I just think it's interesting. Uh, I have yeah. my own thoughts on on why I procrastinate. Um, I think it it extends beyond. Yeah, a lot of people I think think I just need more time to do things. That's one thing for me. I just need to be less busy, have more time. Uh, but then I can have all the time in the world, but I still don't get things done. And so I think procrastination goes a lot deeper than people think. So just uh, would love to hear your thoughts. Great topic, Joe. Great topic. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I think it's applicable to, I think everyone at some point has procrastinated something. So everyone can relate to this. And for some folks, it, it can be a real problem, right? That, that uh, holding something till tomorrow or pushing it off or you know, sometimes you'll miss deadlines as a result of that, or, you know, some serious work can, can get missed. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good, good topic to talk about. Yeah. So what do we think? Anyone have any thoughts on this procrastination? Why do we procrastinate? Dennis, you nodded a lot. I'm throwing it right to you. You know, I, um, I wonder if we don't all do it from time to time. I think what Joanna's referring to is much bigger than doing it from time to time, it seems to take over sometimes maybe, but uh, I was thinking in my den um, and it's just next door here. And I go in there and I look around and I just leave because there's a mess there. And it's, you know, I procrastinate getting that place cleaned up. And I thought with COVID I'd have more time. I haven't, you know, I did a little bit, but then I thought, I remember a little time management thing that helped me out. And that was to go in for half an hour and just start messing around in my den and clearing stuff. And so I did, and I felt this great sense of accomplishment, and then I left. So for me, it tended to, it tends to sort of help to do baby steps or bite off little chunks, but I still don't bite too many chunks too frequently. So it's, a, it's an interesting, interesting thought. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I give you, Kara, Joanna, you can comment on this. I know you procrastinate, but I know when you focus and you decide you're gonna do something, you're crackerjack, you get it done, lickety split, you do it thoroughly, effectively. So it's uh, it's interesting, maybe uh, boredom slips. I mean, and we don't need to focus too much on me here, but that's <laughs> okay. I, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I think, uh, I'm curious though, do you think people procrastinate is more things that might be the have to's or things that they might, be wanting to avoid uh, for whatever reason or do you ever think people procrastinate on the things that they actually would bring them joy and want to do as well do you think there's a mix there or I don't know even Ryan and Brooke like do you see procrastination a lot with your clients or do people talk about it it going beyond the usual now and then but something that they feel overwhelmed by oh certainly I certainly yeah. see that uh, I see it a lot in my clients who um, gosh, I don't know that there's, there's an age group to this, but a lot of my like college age students, uh, clients tend to be like, Oh, I'll get to that. You know, the push the extension on the classwork and, and kind of, uh, I'll, I'll take care of it later. Um, but I know I myself have dealt with a lot of procrastination and I know that many of my clients do. Um, oftentimes what I see with procrastination with, with the, the clients I'm talking to is there's a, um, a fear that's kind of at the root of a lot of it, a fear of um, either the work itself, like I, I just, I'm dreading and fearing like how it's going to feel to do that work. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and, and also for, for some portion of them, there's a fear of the failure, fear of like, what if I, I have to face this and I put out my best effort and it's not good enough. And so there's, and that all feels icky and they would just mm-hmm. avoid that as much as possible. So I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to put myself at, at, at risk of, of damage or being hurt somehow. So I'll just try to avoid it as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's quite accurate. I see that a lot too um, in teenage populations, young adults, especially around school, uh, that sort of thing. So tend to see people staying up all night to get things done the night before studying the night before. Right. Um, but if you, you dig down then yeah, a lot of it can be fear. I think um, some people, it is disorganization, like just time management skills or knowing or thinking it's going to take less time than what it actually does. Yeah. So pushing it off to get it done later. Sometimes it's, you know, just that superficial. Other times, not so much. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the fear if, if a person lowers their expectations a bit and just chips away that the fear might shrink a bit. But aside from that, the price I see people pay who procrastinate, the depression that comes with that or the frustration or the upset or the tears sometimes, that's miserable. I mean, how that would seem to me be almost worse than going head on and trying to get it done, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's something that, that, that I talk with clients about too. It's like, if, if you, if you take the amount of, if you could quantify the amount of distress you feel when you're procrastinating for a week, right. right. And just say, okay, let's, let's say you, you felt three gallons of distress every day <laughs> during that week and add that up. We got, you know, 15 gallons during a work week that you procrastinated. It just feels yucky. Um, whereas facing that might actually be only five gallons, right? If you were to just quantify it like that. Right. Um, so you're just kind of stretching it out, prolonging the pain. And it just seems like that's, that's uh, does, it's damaging over time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to throw in another one though, too, which is, and I, I'm not sure if this is just a story that people tell themselves or something that's actually true for, for some folks, which is, I know a lot of people who say, I work best under pressure, right? Oh, so common. So I work best under pressure, so I'm going to save it until the night before, and that's when my adrenaline kicks in, and that's when I do my best work. So what do you guys think about that as a, as a is, that just some, is that a little lie that we tell ourselves, or do you think there's some truth to that? There's total truth to that because that goes to anxiety and performance, right? So if you were to look at studies on anxiety and performance, um, we, it's a bell curve. So there's a sweet spot in the middle where we need a certain amount of anxiety to motivate us to get work done. And if we have not enough, we're not going to do it. It's going to be ineffective or, or the work we put out isn't going to be as good of a quality as we want. But if we're over then the same thing happens. That quality of work declines greatly, right? So we do need stress or crunch or pressure in order to to get things done. So maybe part of that is the time pressure. I wonder too if it's something about intrinsic motivation. Like, is how do you this, mean? Or award systems, that? right? Like, um, so I'm thinking like um, intrinsically from. Oh, we're losing you there, Brooke. We're losing you, Brooke. <laughs> I really, really like having things tidy and put away, like a mess. 
Oh. Hey, okay. <laughs> Is she back? You became a you became a goblin there for a second. She's bro. gone though, still. Okay. Am I back? No. Am I? You're a little frozen. Am I back now? Oh gosh. Uh oh. Let's let's just talk for a second about it. Intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, just to kind of define those terms. Um, when people talk about intrinsic, that means something that you are internally driven to do. Like uh, the best example would be like hunger. You know, hunger is an intrinsically motivating force. You feel that inside, you want to go get something to eat. Extrinsic is something that comes from outside. You know, uh, I don't want to necessarily, necessarily pay my taxes, but I do because there's an extrinsic motivation. The, the government makes me do that. So. Um, so these are sort of distinctions that people talk about how with say schoolwork or, or some tasks that are not so pleasant, it's hard to find that intrinsic motivation and say, all right, I really want to do this for, for one reason or another. Sometimes it's just to, to get this off my plate and get it out of the way. But, uh, of course it's ideal if we can do it because we actually derive some pleasure from it. Mm -hmm. I wonder if uh, some people feel real uncomfortable gathering those 15 gallons of uh, stress during the week. They dislike that. So to shrink that down, they, they do a little here, a little there to kind of drain that down a little bit. And maybe others just are kind of tuned out. And I, I think I get pretty lazy sometimes and just want to put it off. But then the deadline comes and as Brooke was saying, we got to get to it. But some people really love to plan ahead and, and get her done as they go. And I guess they don't like that uncertainty or the deadline pressure. I don't know. It's interesting. It is. It is. All right, Brooke, I was kind of filling in for you while your 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 vocals were not doing so hot. Do you have some more to add to that? <laughs> no. Can you hear me now? A little, little bit. Kind of dicey. No. Hmm. You, might want to, you might try turning off your video too, Brooke, sadly. If it just goes, if we need to just go audio. So Joanne, you have Joanne, you have a chance now to give us your theory. Oh, pop. I think uh, I have my, it's all so subjective. I think, I think there's, um, yeah, I, I feel that. I feel like when I get something done, I'm like, why didn't I just do that before? I would have saved myself so much grief. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these things I'm procrastinating on truly do not take that long and they do not take that much effort. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so I've asked myself the, what am I avoiding here? What discomfort am I avoiding? Um, I think I have expectations for myself and, and when I don't meet them or if things build up slowly and slowly and all of a sudden there's a mountain of things that I need to do, it's daunting and then I might be disappointed in myself. So it kind of is like this cycle and then my motivation is down and it's just avoidance. I am so good at it. I'm, I'm happy being a, a bump on a log in my place, knowing that I have so much to do because it just causes me discomfort to even try tackling it. So I think um, I relate to a lot of clients who kind of speak about that. Um, mm. But uh, you know, it, it's just a, a side note there. Joe, there's a, a growing kind of movement out there among some, some mental health folks who are saying laziness is kind of a myth. Like laziness is not, um, it's, it's, it's misunderstood. What you're doing when you're, when you're being lazy is you are successfully avoiding something. You're, you're I'm so good at it. <laughs> you are, 
you're achieving something, which is the avoidance of the difficult task uh, laying in front of you. Because mm -hmm. um, so often, you know, you, you ask a person, you know, someone says, oh, I'm really lazy. Well, what did you do today? Well, I spent, uh, you know, eight hours doing, you know, doing some task and doing some, you know, playing video games even, or like, there's, people are still being active in some ways. Um, but, uh, but what they're doing is, is effectively avoiding what it is that they've, uh, what they don't want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you've got a, a good, strong, rebellious side to you that says, Nope, can't make me. You're not the boss of me. I'm not going to do it if I don't want to. But then eventually something does kick in, right? I mean, you don't procrastinate all the way, right? Is, is it just this sort of uh, getting to the ideal level of stress in order for you to finish a task? Mm. Yeah, it varies. I think it, it depends on different things. Yeah, it kind of gets to the point where I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with the feelings that have been produced from it. And, mm. uh, and yeah, it's that I need, like, I'm not enjoying this. Like, I need to make a change. I'm not happy with right. what's going on right now. Um, and then I'll do it and I'll feel great and I'll be like motivated to kind of keep making changes. And, um, I try to stay on top of that and create new habits for myself and, and whatnot. Right. Sure. So, um, but I like the, I've read about the intrinsic and extrinsic stuff and I, I feel like, I wonder if some people, um, like I was reading about this recently and I wonder your thoughts is that, you know, I have so many plans I want to have for my future self. And I think when we start to think of our future selves, we can make some steps and, you know, I'm doing this for my future self or um, whatever. I'm going to keep going to the gym for my future self, or I'm going to keep on top of my bills for my future self. Or, um, but then in the moment we almost want, it's almost like we tailor to what we instantly get gratified with, or we kind of forget to, like I want to do something else in the moment. I'm not, and then all of a sudden you forget about the plans for the future self because you just, in the moment I want to do something else. I want to sit and, you know, spend time with a friend instead or um, just sit and watch TV for a while. Um, so all those hopes and plans of doing something are out the window for personal gain in the moment. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, yeah it oh, does. Or, or I get, I get some, something out of the fact that I'm avoiding it in that moment. I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. It's not helping my future self, but myself in the moment is happy. <laughs> right. But then uh, it all builds up and I'm, you know, whatever. But I, I've, I totally agree with that future self piece, uh, Joe, because that's actually something that, that worked for me. I, I, was, I used to be the guy who would have the, the bills sitting on the desk for a long time. And then, you know, before everything was online, the bills would come in and they'd just sit there and I'd pay them at the last possible date. But I realized that just it, those bills take up a little bit of space, just a little oh. bit of space in my head. You know, mm -hmm. I'm always just thinking about, oh, there's that thing that I still have to do. And so I just I decided to try to change that. And, and it was kind of an identity shift. Like instead of I am a person who keeps their bills on the desk, I'm a person who pays them on time or immediately. So, so I get to the point now where it's, it's almost, a, almost a, a manic shift from that, where it's like I get the bill. I, I write the check immediately or whatever that is. If there's some, mm -hmm. some sort of little ask of me, I want to get that taken care of immediately to get it kind of off my plate so I don't have to think about it anymore. And that's helped me become a pretty rapid email responder. And, uh, you know, anything that's kind of a little ask of me, I want to kind of get that, get that off my plate because it feels a lot better to, to have nothing kind of hanging over me, you know? Mm. That's good. I'm glad that that 
has been a good shift for you. I like that getting into that habit of just doing it. Yeah. Getting it out of the way. Ruth, uh, this trait, I'm curious what you think. This trait has been associated with millennials, that millennials in general, you mentioned teens as well, tend to struggle with this issue. Is there some truth to that? And or because a lot of young people this feel the same way, feel the same pressure, the same challenges, their millennial connection, do you think? I don't know. I'm not too sure if there is a connection or not, or if it's a generational thing. I'm, I'm really not too sure. I wonder if it is, then I would ponder, is that partly due to technology? The fact that there is so much more and everything happens so much quickly, like faster, and there might be a bigger demand to respond quicker. Um, at what point is ongoing pressure to do that on a consistent basis leading to some sort of burnout? So you get a teenager who's getting text messages and homework and everything that's coming through. At right. what point do you just shut down and say, no, I got to stop? Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm. There you are. So, well, Dennis, how about in, in your generation? <laughs> just there. We're talking about millennials. I guess I could talk yeah. about Gen X. Um, what about in your generation? What what have you noticed as far as uh, are there any trends or any sort of like maybe uh, lifespan sort of trends that you've noticed? Well, I'm a boomer. Uh, come in at the beginning of the baby boomer crowd, so um, I think times were different back there. I don't think we had as much wealth as we do now. I think uh, we had a simpler life in some ways, so it wasn't as hard to to maybe get stuff done. We certainly didn't have the influences that Brooke was just talking about, as you know, none of that was around at all. It was a much simpler time. So that probably helped. And maybe there's a discipline issue there as well. I don't know. Um, but there weren't the distractions, you know, like I could follow a plan more easily back then regarding school or whatever. And I didn't have all these other distractions coming at me. There were things there, but nothing like what we have now. So uh, I think our generation, uh, probably planned ahead a bit more, uh, like to have things ready to go so that if we ran out of something we had it in, in, in reserve, you know, that kind of thing. So um, I think we had a simpler time of it, you know, I really do. It's interesting. I guess as you're talking about that, you, you're saying that things were a little slower maybe as far as the kind of the, the onslaught of, of information coming your way and demands coming your way. But and because it's a little slower, that allows you to think in a broader, uh, you know, you can think you can think about the perspective of, of thinking about the future and like, okay, what what might things be like months yeah. from now, right? Yeah, it was a much it was simpler in some ways, and yet very very colorful. I remember sitting in my dad's lap listening to the radio, a show called Gunsmoke was a radio show or Gangbusters. And the creativity, like the colors and the imagery in my head, it was very entertaining. So we've lost that now. We don't have, because everything's spelled out in front of you. So there's a creative piece there too that I think might have worked or, or sort of spread out to other parts of our lives. I don't know. Mm. Mm. I wonder too, um, just thinking of the differences there, millennial generation, because millennial generation has never not had technology. Right, that's kind of the defining factor of that, and and younger. 
But um, so at what point is there differences? Like, is there an actual addictive brain piece to this? We all know that social media, uh, video games, uh, like a lot of use on the computer is actually geared to be addictive. So at what point are we actually falling into active addiction instead of procrastination a little bit? Well, when Joanna was talking, I was wondering about distraction. How distractible are we? And we're so easily distracted by our media. I mean, we take a look and 45 minutes can fly by looking at my phone. So I think it's maybe procrastination and distraction are sort of intertwined in some ways. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. So, so let's get to some practical stuff here. Um, you know, Joanna was asking, not for herself, but in general, what sort of uh, what sort of guidance we might be able to give to somebody who's dealing with procrastination. And we already we already touched on a couple things. I, I, I like I like the idea of the thinking of your future self. You know, kind of giving a gift to to tomorrow you by uh, by getting this thing off your plate and some ideas of like. Yeah, how much how much distress are you going to actually feel if you don't do it versus how much it will feel if you do it? Um, are there any other ideas you guys have about how we could help a, a procrastinator, a procrastinator who doesn't want to be a procrastinator, right? This is the not the one who says, "I love the stress of of an all nighter," you know. Someone who says, "You know, procrastination is actually miserable for me, and it's it's causing me problems." How can we? What might we say to someone who's who's asking for that help? Well, I go back to my baby steps, take a little chunk at a time. If I go spend an hour, actually, more than half an hour in my den, I come out of there feeling like I've accomplished a lot when really I've just started. And then when I go in there again, I, I'm not as intimidated. So I guess we're back to time management in a way. But I'm a list maker. I have a list on my desk. When I think of something that needs doing, I put it down there. And I get a, a great kick out of crossing stuff off on lists. So I try to keep it to one list so I don't have to have a list of my lists because that can get a little excessive, but one list there, the dates on there. So that's a very simple thing that works really well for me. Mm -hmm. That's great. I yeah, love that. I, I just want to piggyback on what Dennis is saying real quick. and to say, I, I love that idea of like little chunks and I'll, I'll even go even smaller than that and tell people, how about you just do it for five minutes? You know, cause that's a real easy sell to somebody, right? Yeah. I'm going to go work on that for five minutes. Oftentimes after you get going for five minutes, you feel Oh, I'm making some progress. This is pretty fun. This isn't so bad. So you just keep on going. But if you can kind of trick your brain into thinking this is just a small chunk of time, you might be able to slide your way into uh, getting the job done. Kind of like a yeah. way of breaking the ice a bit, right? Mm -hmm. So Ryan, I use that as well. But instead of saying five minutes, I say one song. <laughs> what is your favorite song? Can you do that for one song? Like song's done, you're done. So I actually, it, um, it's just an adaptation to Margaret Redenberg her, in her book and in her works. She suggests using uh, commercial breaks, but that kind of dates the work a little bit because people aren't really watching TV with commercial breaks. So she suggested when the commercial break comes on, you go and you try to do one simple task. So if it's unloading the dishwasher or maybe you switch the laundry and then commercial breaks over, you go back to the show. No big deal. Right, we're not doing this for a long time, but unfortunately, we don't have that now. So I say, can you do it for one song? You get to sing the song as you do it, or just listen to the tune, or what? Well, you could sing if you want. Sure, go for it. It's 
great. That's great. I like I remember, that. Years ago, I remember getting up on a Saturday morning. Everybody was still sleeping. And I was sitting in my easy chair having a coffee, and I thought, I got a lot of chores to do this morning, but I'll do it when I feel a little more motivated. Had a bit of coffee. Still wasn't feeling really good about doing chores. Then I thought to myself, if I don't get out of this chair right now and do these chores, I'm going to sit in this chair all day. So it's like telling your muscles, get me out of this chair. Like I read somewhere, this guy talking to his muscles, tell your muscles to take you for a walk, whether you feel like it or not. And then once you're in the walk, you feel like being on the walk. And so I started doing my chores and I couldn't believe after very few moments, how sweet it felt. We were getting stuff done. And, you know, I was, uh, I was shocked actually about the transition from being in the chair to telling the muscles to take me start to do the chores, the difference in the reaction there. Mm-hmm. Oh. This is great. Um, if we're talking about the the sort of procrastination, which kind of has to do with perfectionism, where someone's afraid of failing, um, you know, they could do the work, but they're afraid of like, oh, what, you know, I don't, I'm afraid I'm going to screw this up, or it's not going to turn out very well. I like to have people kind of split out their their kind of creative side and their editing side, right? Their Put out the judgment part. Say, let's just, okay. And this, I, I do a lot of writing. So this is something that I use a lot with my writing. Um, I find I get really stuck if I'm trying to both create something and edit it at the same time. So I just need to, to split those apart and say, okay, now I'm just going to write and just going to do a bunch of free writing and write whatever I need to do. And I'm going to save the judgment for afterwards, right? Then I can come in with my editor and kind of edit the work. Uh, because the both two of them at the same time, it's like having the gas and the brake on at the same time. You just don't, you don't go anywhere. Um, so if there's some way to get help people to say, look, if you don't like, if, if it feels too too scary for you, just give it a shot with no judgment, and then and then you can bring in the uh, the, the the more constructive criticism later on. But for now, just just have fun with it and, and go free, you know. I Brian, that makes me think. I've heard from people. Um, and, and young folk as well as the, you know, if I can't, if I know I can't do it great or that perfectionism, if it's not going to be perfect, then I'm not, they they don't want to start it. Or I've also heard if I can't complete it, or if I know I can't complete it fully, I don't want to start it. Um, uh, and I've also heard things like, what's the point? I don't find a purpose. Um, I find that in some young kids as well. Like this homework assignment won't even matter. Or like, what, you know, I know I've gotten away, you know, there's that, that really lack of motivating and the why bother uh, also feeds into that a lot. Um, which makes me think if, you know, in addition to looking at some time management tricks or just that um, behavioral activation or just do little bits at a time, if there's more stuff going on there, you can explore like the avoidance feelings and, um, you know, what do you think you're, um, are you afraid of anything or maybe dig it a little bit deeper to see if there's more that's kind of feeding into that? Absolutely. And I think that's a, that's a big one. When someone says that, that, that statement you just made about from the kid, like, uh, what does it matter? It doesn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, even saying that matters, you know, that's, that's, that's something that, that matters. Like I, I can't do it or I don't, I don't think I can complete it. And so, I guess it just doesn't matter. They're kind of giving up on themselves at that point. And that's, that's what matters, right? Mm-hmm. Saying I can't is what matters. Um, so we want them to at least try if we can. Sure. 
helped them feel yeah. a little bit of a, a little self-reliance there on that point. And there might be some anxiety there, right? Things start building up and it's too overwhelming um, or just the daunting mm-hmm. aspect of it. So it's helping people maybe with that anxiety or, or helping kind of shift the way they're thinking about it and yeah, break it down into pieces or shifting those negative thoughts. So. And that's, that's another component to this. It might just be the, the relational part to this too, right? I, I've, I've known people before who, who will say, um, you know, I could do the work if I just had someone else in the room with me, <laughs> you know, or someone else who's working alongside me, you know, just, just we're both doing this together. And I know that's harder in, in COVID times, but, you know, the, the whole thing of, uh, of the shared office spaces was a big deal before COVID happened because people just wanted to be together while they're doing their work. And that might be a component to this too. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if stress in general affects us in this way. If our stress levels are really high, our motivation, we know when people are depressed, their motivation is low. Stress levels get high. We can have the best plans in the world. We just don't have the jump to get it done. So maybe we got to make sure we're getting the, the fresh air and doing the other good things we try to do to keep ourselves healthy. Because I think our motivation generally is affected by how stressed out we get, eh? how fatigued we are. And people are grieving. We know they get really unmotivated for a while because that huge amount of emotion inside them. Mm-hmm. And when they bring it down, they seem to have more energy to live again. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, Dad. You can have the best plan, but you have to start it. And some people don't, right? Like they can schedule the heck out of their week. And, you know, if it's around homework or around a, a chore list for yourself, but then it's the doing part. And what is it that is stopping you from doing that? Like, what is it? Um, and yeah, taking care of yourself just on a regular basis and managing that stress and making sure you're checking in with yourself uh, would all be very valuable. Great. Okay. Any, uh, any other thoughts on this topic? Are we... Are we, uh, are we are we feeling like we're, we have a, a clear path to like Dennis? I guess I'm wondering. Really, this boils down to you, Dennis. Are you going to take care of that den? What's going to happen next? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go in there tomorrow, and I'm going to put an hour in. I'm going to think of you guys. I'm going to go in and maybe do an hour and a half. See if I can't uh, get her done. My wife has offered to come uh, in and do it in about two hours, clean the whole place out. There'll be nothing left for me to do. So if push comes to shove, I can get her. I can delegate. <laughs> I will give it a try. I'll try, Ryan. I'll try. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I hope uh, hope that goes well. Um, I can think of a few tasks of my own that I could probably tackle as well. Telling myself I'll just do it for five minutes, and then maybe that will uh, take over. You know, the motivation will show up then. Yeah. Um, and Joe, I'm sure you've already tackled your all your procrastination issues so i i have a list of things but yeah i think it's just a good little reminder i think there's uh it's easy to get for people um who might have a lot of things that are weighing on them just be kind to yourself honestly i think there's a lot of we get we should on ourselves and um of what we think we should be able to do or expectations for ourselves and yeah so it's like hey fresh start new day you know, uh, take a little bite off and you don't need to look at the whole picture, just one little bit at a time and make that list. And if you don't get to everything, let's look at the thing you did get done and have that kind of feed your motivation. And, you know, so 
lots to explore there with people. But yes, I will work on, <laughs> let's see, let's bring out my book, my big list here. Uh, yes, I will tackle um, continuing to get boxes of things to donate and get rid of. Oh, I love it. I'm trying to purge. So I, I have a unfinished business here. So I'll spend maybe, let's say an hour on that tomorrow. Minimizing. Brooke, is, is there anything you need to tackle? Uh, I have my list going. Um, yeah. So there's, there's things I'm, I'm probably not a too much of a procrastinator. I'm probably the opposite of Joanna. Yeah. I'm an act now. You're a good I'm doer. More, uh, yeah. I get caught in the, um, putting too much on my plate, the busyness. And then when there's too much on the plate, then things don't get done. Not because I'm not procrastinating, like this, other things are taking precedence over other. So yeah. I think tomorrow there's some items that I can check off my list for some reports and things for clients that, uh, have Great. been pushed to the wayside. So, mm -hmm. good for you. Well, that's good, you guys. That's our that's our time for the day. So, uh, for all you listeners out there, if you will just take five minutes and like and subscribe to us on Apple, at Google, or Podbean, or check us out on YouTube. Send your questions to info at mentalhealthbootcamp.com. Visit us on Facebook or Instagram. Please tell a friend. Dennis, it's so great to have you here tonight. Thank you so much. Come back anytime. My pleasure. I'd be happy to sub. If you need a sub once in a while, I'd be happy. To oh, that'd be great. In fact, I think we, we'll, we're probably just going to replace Chris with you, if that's okay. <laughs> He's out. Done. We'll have to have you come back, Pop. Maybe a planned little guest speaker when Chris is here. I know you have a wealth of knowledge to share. So. Yeah, great. Happy to do that. Thanks for the invite. So from Madam Merlin, Minnie, and Colombo, we wish you all a good and night. And the Bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everybody. Good night. Bye.